friends, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. I've got big news today. <laughs> the secret is out. You're going to want to hear this. Have you heard Teachable Tuesday is all about discovering God's heart in the word and applying it to our lives. And that's what we're going to do here today. But first, let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we welcome you, we love you, we thank you, we believe in you. Lord, would you increase our faith today through this, your word. Give us the faith, Lord, to take you at your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Friends, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a, there's a bit of a, a dust up, if you will, on Twitter. Anybody on Twitter? I'm not really, but sometimes I get screenshots from people and then I have to go check it out for myself. So let me catch you up in case you haven't heard. Richard Dawkins is a, a biologist. He's a writer. He's a renowned atheist thinker if you will. And he tweeted something kind of crazy the other day. He said, Roman Catholics are required to believe, get this, that the bread and wine at mass actually become the body and blood of Jesus. He called it madness. <laughs> and guess what? It's true. <laughs> we actually believe that. No, no, we don't actually only believe it. We believe it because it's true. We believe it because it's true. So I have to tell you something. When I read that tweet, my first reaction was to rejoice. Thank you, Richard Dawkins, for getting the word out because it appears that even Catholics don't know that this is what the church teaches what the church hands on, what the church uh, declares as truth. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Twitter, Richard Dawkins, for uh, letting everybody know that we do in fact believe that the bread and the wine become the body and the blood of Jesus. But you know what's kind of crazy? You wanna talk about madness? I scrolled down to the comments like we do and there were droves of people who said, no, 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 Richard, no. That's not what Catholics believe. We believe it's a symbol. We. <laughs> Some of them said, as an ex-Catholic, I can assure you nobody believes this. Well, nobody asked me. I believe it. The church believes it. The people on staff at Blessed She believe it. The people I go to daily mass with every single day believe it. We believe what the church teaches and proclaims as truth revealed by God. We believe it. And I'm curious, did you know that? Did you know? Because it seems like maybe as a church, we haven't done a good job explaining what we actually believe. So let me know. Leave a comment. Did you know that the Eucharist is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus? Did anyone tell you that? Who told you that? Who taught you that? I remember uh, as a youth minister, I was a youth minister for 11 years, and 
Whenever we would go into a time of Eucharistic adoration, especially on retreat, and sometimes I would have students there who weren't Catholic and I wanted to be sensitive. I, I wanted to help them understand, right? Kind of make it accessible to them. And I use this language. I would say, um, so we're gonna move into a time of Eucharistic adoration. And what that is, is we believe that at mass, the bread and the wine become the body and blood of Jesus. And that after mass, it doesn't go back, okay? Jesus stays there, humbles himself to become and to stay, to remain with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And now we get to spend time with him. But friends, the Lord convicted me. It was almost as though I was hedging my bets, right? I wanted to make it really easy to believe that we believe that this is the body, blood, soul, and divinity, as if there's a choice. But my friends, there is a choice. There's a choice to either believe the truth or to reject it. And the disciples faced the exact same choice when Jesus presented this teaching, this truth to them. You might be familiar with John chapter 6, but I don't want to fast forward to the end. I want to start at the beginning of John chapter 6. When Jesus feeds the 5,000, he multiplies the loaves and the people were filled and there were leftovers. And then there's a storm at sea. And Jesus, just with his own words, with his presence, calms the storm. He speaks to the elements and controls them with his words. Friends, all of that is leading up to what comes at the end of John 6. Jesus multiplies the bread in the feeding of 5,000 to, to help us to understand that his words have authority, that his words create, that his words have power. And then he calms the sea to communicate to us that he has control and power and authority over the elements. If he can control the wind and the waves, you better believe that when he commands the bread and the wine to become his body and blood, the bread and the wine respond. The bread and the wine do what he says. When the God of the universe, the creator God who spoke over the void, over darkness and nothingness and created light and life speaks over bread and wine, it becomes the body and blood of Jesus. We believe it because it's true. And Jesus himself doubled down on this. I want to flip now to John chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, open it, camp out there, spend a long time in John chapter 6. Pray with it yourself. When Jesus introduces, right, when he, when he talks about uh, that he is the bread of life, it's different. It's a different kind of teaching. It's a different kind of statement, so much so that in verse 52, Scripture says the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, he answered, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life within you. He goes on, verse 55, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The language he uses here is not metaphorical. It's not symbolic. The Greek word trogon means actually to chew, to gnaw on. It's a, 
It's really a very graphic image, graphic language. And it was not easy to hear, and it was even harder to believe in verse 60 when many of his disciples, his disciples heard it. They said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? And my friends, I, I feel like this is a question being asked on Twitter and maybe in your heart, in the hearts of many of our brothers and sisters in the pews. This is difficult. It is easier to, to explain it away, to brush it away and say, no, it's just a symbol. It's just a metaphor. It's a, it's a, a thing, a difference of language, right? It's easy. It's easier to pretend that it's not the truth because the truth demands something of us. The, the truth requires something of us, an ascent of our will, a change in our lives, a total and complete transformation of who we are. If this is true, then everything changes. If Jesus is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, if he's giving himself, himself to us to be one with us, to come and to live on the inside of us, to become one flesh with us, right? And marriage is an image of this one flesh union pointing us to the Eucharist. If this is true, it changes absolutely everything. We never again have to wonder, does God care? Does God see me? Does God love me? Yes, he gave himself to us in the Eucharist. It's the answer to every question, to every pain, to every form of suffering. We're not alone. He comes to inhabit even our bodies, to become one flesh with us in the Eucharist. This is what we believe because it's the truth. This is the truest thing in my life. If you're here because you think I have anything to say, right? If you wanna get something out of the word, understand that the only reason I'm here is because of the Eucharist. It's not because of my personal prayer time. It's not because of a quiet moment I had where I encountered the love of Jesus in a personal way. No, that encounter only happened because Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist. The only reason I know who I am is because Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist. The only reason I have hope for the suffering that I've endured, being redeemed and restored and resurrected is because Jesus himself, truly present in the Eucharist, was resurrected and promises me, promises that he will make all things new, including me. It's the reason I get up every morning and go and receive him at daily mass. It's not because the preaching is good. It's not because my friends are there. I don't even know anyone other than Kelsey at daily mass during the week. I go because Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist and I am desperate for him. I am too weak to believe this on my own, so I've got to go and receive him. I can't make my healing happen. My very amazing therapist, good books, nothing is going to heal me like Jesus Christ Son of the living God, truly present in the Eucharist, is going to heal and restore me and make me new. And that promise, that truth, is for you too. So yes, the rumors are true. The secret is out. Thanks be to God. Jesus is alive. And he's truly present in the Eucharist. Friend, the good news is that Jesus himself, he understands how hard this is to believe. And he, he gives the disciples this question, this invitation to follow him more closely. Will you too 
walk away. He understands. He's not backing up on this claim. No, no, no. Let me explain. That was just a metaphor. Remember how I said I'm, I'm the gate, I'm the door. It's kind of like that. No, he doubles down. He lets people leave over this very difficult teaching, but he holds out to us this hope. He says that if we just have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. So friend, can you have faith the size of a mustard seed in a mystery that we cannot in our limited, finite humanity understand? Can you believe that the God of the universe is more than you can possibly grasp or, or get your mind around? And don't you want it that way? Don't you want to believe that the God in heaven, the almighty God, creator God, is more than you can understand? Isn't it imperative that we believe that he's bigger than we can possibly imagine? I'm going to put my mustard seed of faith in that truth, in that reality, that yes, even Jesus Christ, God become man, spoke into over bread and wine and continues to do that today so that I would never be alone. That's how much he wants to be with me. That's how much he wants to be with you. So if you want to increase your devotion, deepen your faith in the Eucharist, I'm excited for you. <laughs> and there are so many ways to do this. Study Eucharistic miracles. Read about them. Read about um, the testing done on, on Eucharistic miracles where, where true flesh is discovered under a microscope and with blood testing. It's incredible. It's incredible. What's veiled beneath humble, simple bread and wine is truly the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, every single day in the Eucharist, every single day in Mass. I had an encounter, uh, a, a Eucharistic miracle of my own, our own, when we went to Ireland three years ago. We always have a Eucharistic healing procession at the end of the retreat, kind of as we, it, it, it's the highlight, it, it's the, we build to this moment of encounter, right, moving from the Mass into adoration. And there was a, a sweet religious sister with us who, um, had suffered and struggled, who had a deformity in her legs, her knees, and her feet. She couldn't walk properly, couldn't run, uh, couldn't kneel without pain. And so she sat in Eucharistic adoration and, and waited for Jesus to come to her, for Father Parks to bring around the monstrance so she could have that face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus truly present in the Eucharist. She opened her eyes to find that he was already before her, and she fell to her knees just, just in um, response to the profound and personal love that she felt in his presence. She prayed there and she kept praying and she kept kneeling. And eventually she realized she was still kneeling without any pain. Throughout the night, she realized her shoes didn't quite fit, that her, her knees, her legs, her feet had become stronger uh, that her legs, her knees, and her feet were completely healed in the presence of Jesus, truly present in the Eucharist. Friends, that's a, a Eucharistic miracle that happened in our day and time that I am witness to. She wrote us a letter to, to share this miracle with all of you, with the whole community. Let that be for you uh, a mustard seed of faith. Let that be for you 
the testimony that helps you to return to mass, to maybe go to daily mass just once a week, to go after that faith in the truth, to endeavor to believe this truth that is too good to believe. Friend, I want to invite you to go to Eucharistic adoration. This is another way to encounter his true presence, to grow in deep love, to be healed, to heal all of those festering wounds of childhood. Just go sit in his presence. His presence alone heals. His presence alone because he is God, alive and truly present in the Eucharist. Friends, I, I am Catholic because of the Eucharist. And I will stay, by God's grace, Catholic for the rest of my life, no matter what comes, because of the Eucharist. Because every single day when I receive him, when I worship and adore him in adoration, I experience him remaking me, renewing me, rewriting my DNA every time I receive him, becoming one with me. And that's his heart for you too. So friend, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I want you to have that bold faith. I want you to believe something that is impossible to believe without faith. It's all true, friend. And it's too good to be true, but it's for you. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that you love us so much that you never leave. That you come and you dwell hidden behind the veil of simple bread and wine, inviting us into the mystery of faith, the mystery of belief. Would you increase our faith now, God? We can't even believe this miracle without your help. Increase our faith. Lord, let, let miracles of grace abound in your presence for these women watching. For every person who goes to you today, let there be miracles of grace. Because that's what you do. That's who you are. You don't hold back. You even give us yourself. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all this in your most holy and precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. I can't wait to see you in the Eucharist. Bye now.